Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest lesson of the End of the Sales podcast. I hope everyone's well who's listening. This is our reaction video to the Champions League draw where we saw Celtic drawn against Danish side FC Mitzeland. Um, they finished runners up in the, the Danish Superliga behind Bromby by one point this year. So they're in the Champions League qualifier rounds just like ourselves. Last year, Mitzeland were in Champions League proper, they got into the group stages and earned some respectable results, but we'll get into that shortly. We thought today again we we're going to be joined by my co-host John, but things from up last minute. That happens. But we're left with our show regular Francis, the deadly duo, Stephen and Francis. How are you, Francis? I'm not bad, not bad, Stephen. How are you doing yourself? I'm fine, mate. It's got a wee glass of water here. My throat's dry like, but we'll get stuck in. <laughs> so <Okay sound. laughs> So we've seen today that the Champions League qualifier second round got drawn out. There was teams we could have got was Galatasaray, Rapid Vienna, and the Danish side FC Mitzland. And we drew FC Mitzeland in the second second round qualifier. Many Celtic fans, I mean, they believe this is the easier of the three ties that we could have got. I mean, Galatasaray have like Falcao, Rapid Vienna have good European pedigree. But before we go on to types of things that FC Mitzeland have done recently in Europe, I mean, I did allude to it at the start of the show. They were in the Champions League proper last year with Liverpool, Atlanta, teams like that, and they got some good results. But Francis, how are you feeling towards this draw? Obviously, we could have got Galatasaray, teams like that. Is this a favourable draw in Celtic's, Celtic's way, do you think? As a favourable draw in the sense that out of the teams, I think if you got to pick one, you'd pick Michelin. But we can't get away from the fact that we're in the Champions route, so we've, we've obviously drawn the Danish champions. I think I would argue maybe the Danish league's maybe slightly better in our league, but maybe not greatly better. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think considering the draw, I, I, I would be happy. Like, we don't want to go Galatasaray, that's just going over there would be absolutely horrendous, an absolutely horrendous tie to get. Then Rapid Vienna, we all know that a really good team, they seem to be always be in. Uh, either the Champions League or at least go deep in the Europa League. So I think I think we've got a favourable draw if you can class getting a favourable draw in the Champions route. Yeah, I mean, as as we all know, we didn't finish Champions this, Champions this season and we're yeah. in that crappy, crappy run where you can get anybody. I think the next round, if we go through, is a wee bit more daunting in terms of the teams we can face. But we don't want to jump the gun. We'll speak about the tie, the tie we'll have to face. And I mean, Postacoglu, Francis, has come in at a tough time and... You look at, I know Mitzlan isn't, I mean, they were formed in 1989 and they're not a big a team within Europe. You have this massive European pedigree, pedigree, as you said, at Galatasaray, Fianna, we all know them teams. I mean, our famous left-back, Bolongoli, we got them from <laughs> We're very familiar with them. But if you look at Mitzlan recently, like they've been in the Champions League last year in the group stages, they earned draws against Atalanta. I mean, they drew against Liverpool as well. And there was no heavy defeats. Ajax was also in there. It just points towards that they're, a well-oiled machine, and it, it worries me a bit because obviously they have their stall in order. Do you know what I mean? They have a, a team, they have a squad where Celtic are a bit decimated. We just recently com- confirmed a signing of Liam Shaw, but again, that doesn't get your your juices flowing, really, does it? It's, yeah. it's like a, a project player coming in. Is there any concerns about facing a team like Mitzelin? I know we always see when we're going through these rounds, I mean, particularly against like Astana, teams like that, they can be potential banana skins, but Mitzlan, I think, is maybe a step up from that. I don't, I don't know where you stand on that. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree they're a, a step up. I don't believe that you could class them as a banana skin because we, we all know they're a, they're a decent enough team. Uh, team sorry, and like you said, they're well organised. And you just need to look at the the league history last season. It's like just a wee quick search. Uh, well, even this season, 
I, no, last season, I, it's like the second top goal scorers in the league, second best uh, best defense in the league and stuff. So they do seem do seem organized. So yes, and uh, going back to sort of uh, us in previous years, we we tend to we tend to gamble going into these. Uh, hmm. sort of fixtures like I think William actually touched on a previous podcast where it's like you maybe not make a signing for the first one then you'll, you'll maybe if you get through a round you'll, you'll go and get that guy you were thinking about buying for the previous round and it's it sort of feel like you're just delaying it just in case you don't actually get through and you're you're scared to maybe spend that 3-4 million maybe it would be to, to get that player doesn't get you through the Champions League uh, round and you're going well I can't bank on that money now and it's spot always been Celtic's way of of recent years to well I say of recent like I was going to say to spec they don't normally speculate to accumulate but then you obviously look at the last summer's transfer window without going too deep into that they did they did spend there but I think history does tell you in these fixtures that we do we do like to gamble going through them yeah I mean. That for me, the way you said that, it just brings back the vibes of B Totten and centre half, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of gambling, as you said, with thirty or forty million pound of, of riches if you reach the the Champions League group stages. Yeah. I mean, the only saving grace if we get through this round, the second qualifying round against Mitzeland, is that we're guaranteed a Europa League, can, yeah. a, a Europa League group, group play. So we'll have European football regardless if we get through this round. But I, I get what you're saying. If we go back to the Mitzeland form last season. They started in the second qualifying round, much like now. They beat yeah. Ludogratz of Bulgaria 1-0, young boys of uh, Switzerland 3-0. Yeah. And our old foes, Slavia Prague, who pumped us 4-1 home and away, one of which yeah. was a team full of reserves. They pumped. Yeah. The, funny enough, Mitzelam pumped them 4-1. So there must be a bit about them. And I've looked at their squad and I've looked on Twitter and there's a few guys and all who are a bit knowledgeable about the Danish league. And there's players like Sisto. He played for Celta Vigo in the Spanish league. A Brazilian guy called Evander. There's lots of hype about him. I mean, I remember when he played in the game against Rangers, and he was fantastic. But ultimately, Mitzelang got put out in that game. But we'll come on to that. That's a, that's two years ago now. And they've got a few Swedish internationals playing in the Euros at the minute, so they definitely have pedigree. Where do you think if we're good? I mean, it's the, the round, the tie itself isn't being played. I think Celtic are home first. I did yeah, the twentieth or twenty-first of July. Obviously, dates and TV times have to be confirmed, but. What, where do you think Celtic should focus on now and trying to strengthen at least one area of the pitch? It's got to be up front. Well, I'd say it's got to be up uh, I would say up front. I'd say, say the striker because, I mean, I think it's... We'd be more surprised if Edward is there next season. And then uh, then if not, um, then there's also the question marks over Ayeti. I'm similar to William. And probably the rest is that we believe there is a player in there. It's just... It's maybe just not getting the chance of confidence thing. He's not really, not really done it after it. He had a good start, and then there's still question marks over Griffiths. I don't. Everything seems to point that he's staying, but I don't. I really don't know. So, and then you've got Bio coming back. So you could argue that you don't need to go for it. But I think, I think if Edward goes, you're looking for a striker. Then after that, I, I think we need to concentrate on defence, if you like, and the wider positions. So. Yeah, it's like we've said a lot. It's it's kind of all over the all over the place. Yeah, it's conjecture, as Ross would yeah. say, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's all conjecture. But yeah, it's, it's, I mean, Pastor Coglu's coming into I mean, a team. I mean, he hasn't touched down in Glasgow yet. <clears throat> I know Stephen Wells still at a press conference for Celtic today, saying that he's excited to work under this new manager. But again, then for the footballers at the moment, <laughs> at Celtic aren't going to come out and say, "Look, this I guy know. we don't." <laughs> do you know what I mean? So you kind of have to take that with a pinch of salt. I mean. 
Stephen Welsh also came out before that and said he was looking forward to working with Eddie Howe. So <laughs> yeah. you, you don't know what, what's going on in the camp. And he's coming in there, it's all disjointed. And players want the way Ayers publicly said he wants to leave. Edward, I mean, he's quiet. He keeps himself to himself. But we all know he's trying to angle for a move. Mm. And if obviously the transfer rumours are led to be correct, he's going to Leicester for about 15 million, which is a shambles, really, in terms of profit gain. But a player at Mitzeland, which caused quite a defeat this morning in the group chat, <laughs> And, and a, a kind of an argument from my point of view, I'm not a morning person, he's all know that's why I kind of bit at everything, <laughs> is Eric Sviachenko. People will know him obviously being part of the Invincible Celtic squad. He, he was a part of Ronnie Dania's teams. He won two league titles, I think, wasn't it? Two, yeah. Two, yeah. yeah, two league titles. And I get, I mean, we are linked with a move from him. I said this to, to you guys literally not so long ago. I can only potentially see that happening if Celtic believe that Ayer's going and they're looking for a quick fix. I don't see the point of bringing back Sviatanko. I liked him when he was there. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I make the him across to them as Sviatanko hater, but I'm not. Don't worry about that. But I, I just don't believe that Celtic should be looking at targets from four or five years ago. I think they should be having targets looking forward to the future. I mean, a guy a, a guy in, in the Scottish League, Porteous, he, he's a centre-back with potential. I know he, he's a bit hot-headed at times, but again, he's there. I mean, one to two million pounds might get him. And you don't know what you're going to pay for Sviatanko. But what, what do you think, Francis, obviously, about him coming back I know yourself I mean most of the group our podcast group are in favour maybe apart from me so I'm used to that but tell me why or give me a positive what he would bring if he came back to Celtic I think I think the positive he knows the club he knows what it means to play for the club he knows how big the club is expectations and all that so in that sense it, it should seem like a seamless transition on coming back and being able to fit in also like we touched on the likelihood is Ayer, it's a good chance Ayer's going to be leaving. Still don't know when Julian's actually going to make a return. Beaton, like, we can't just keep relying on Beaton to play centre-half. I mean, I don't know, it's his contract, I think, I believe is out, so I don't even know if he's going to be getting rid So, for me, like, I liked him first time round as well. I thought he was a really good player, a wee bit no-nonsense. Wasn't the tallest, but he, he certainly had a good leap on him. He was strong. I, I just think his problem with came with Brendan Rodgers, it wasn't really necessarily a ball-playing centre-half, so it didn't really suit Brendan Rodgers to an extent. But I think just as a no-nonsense defender, is it kind of suits what we need. But I mean, we argued that for Shane Duffy, but that just fell flat mm-hmm. on its face. But I think it just looking at, I think the pros totally outweigh the court. I appreciate it obviously could come back and the emotion, the hype and all that, it could fall flat on our face, like similar to like the the Duffy one where we just thought there's no reason it can't work and in a sense there's no reason Shevchenko shouldn't work and if if we need like the sort of a quick fix like you said I think it's a sensible decision simply it's not a, it'll not be somebody post who maybe knows personally but he'll know he'll, he'll come into the club and he knows the club so it's maybe makes Postacoglu's job slightly easier. He can maybe work in different areas, I feel like, in different players. So I think just as a quick fix, it's not the worst thing. And he is only 29, so you, you will, if it all went going well, you would get another sort of free year at least out of him. Anyway, so personally for me, Stephen, I just, I don't see anything from what I understand you're saying you don't, you, you always want to be looking forward. But if a player actually goes away and is successful, it's not the worst to go and, Oh, like we made a mistake here. I mean, it's I, not. I, 
I do understand what you're saying. I mean, Sachenko, I mean, but one memory sticks out in my mind. Do you remember Tang Castle? He had the scarf on his head and he was doing that weird dance. I yeah. don't know what it was. Hips were ah, moving exactly. and all that there. That's one memory that sticks out. Obviously, I remember matches he scored against Rangers and things in the cup. But I mean, Sachenko for me, as you said, one key finger for me is he said he wasn't a ball player. Now, if we're led to believe Posta likes to play this high pressing yeah. style with ball players at the back, I mean, we've all seen clips that Boys Analytics have put out on Twitter. I mean, good job from them as it was well in depth. But mm-hmm. I mean, again, a quick fix, Francis, I'll come back to you this. A quick fix leads to the problem again in six or 12 months. So, why not? This is meant to be a rebuild. Why not take that opportunity and rebuild? Oh, but I, I, it's a quick fix in the sense for me. Maybe quick fix is the wrong term to use, but I was meaning more that on the face of it, he should be able to just come in and slot in if you like. And yeah, he's not necessarily a ball player, but Julian could be that ball player. I know, we, like we said, we don't know when he's come back, but Julian could be that ball player, and you have one that's solely defending you could maybe it seems the type of guy that you could maybe coach coach that way but you're obviously not got to make him brilliant on the body I mean it wasn't rubbish on the ball it was not like it, it couldn't no. couldn't play it in that but if you could just maybe get him coaching just playing the simple five ten yard passes into the midfield that's all we really need we're not really Julian you can leave Julian playing the big diagonals and stuff like because he can do that so it's mm-hmm. it's that's where I'm coming with the quick fix it on the face it, he could just slot in and knows what's expected of him. And like I say, it's six six months down the twenty nine six months down the line, providing he actually hits the ground running. If you like, it's that's not is you're not got an issue six months down the line. You've not got an issue for about another three year. But that yeah. way, you could be kind of coaching Stephen Welsh. I know he's he's obviously with Stephen Welsh twenty four or something. He's decent oh, age. Twenty two. Twenty two. Twenty two. So you could be kind of sort of coaching him a wee bit better because he's still a wee bit raw and stuff so it takes a wee bit of pressure maybe off him as well mm. I mean by all accounts I mean Sachenko did buy into the Celtic way of things and mm. a lot of people say these modern day players come to the Celtic especially now just look for that quick move or literally a payday and then they're away again but I mean you always see obviously photos of his kids still in Celtic Celtic mm. kits and when we're, we're playing a cup finals he's watching them he's posting on Instagram or Twitter or whatever it may be but like, if you look since he left, if I liked it, Boyata, Seminovic, I mean, Julian, Welsh, uh, Ayer, is is he any better? Or are we just going backwards? What, what's your feeling? For me, he's better than Seminovic and Welsh. Easy. Easy. Well, I, Welsh I mean, could be better. Well, but Seminovic, but I think he was better than him. I don't think he was better than Boyata. I know some of the group might disagree with that, but yeah, yeah, it's still playing for the belt, but but it's playing centre half of the Belgian squad, so it's one of them. It can't be that bad. I, but that, this is this is this is what I don't understand, right? I mean, I put up an Instagram thing about transfer targets since Postecoglou has come in, and this all ties in because obviously we're looking to strengthen the squad before the Michelin game. I mean, going in with the squad we have now is a bit, I don't know, for me anyway, it'd be disastrous because there's no cohesion there. There's no there's no good togetherness because we've lost already them lone players, so it's it's kind of kind of dwindled down in terms of what we can mm-hmm. actually choose from. Yes, we've got the likes of Turnbull, um, Christie, <coughs> but yeah, we've got we've got them players, right? I put up the the, the tweet and the Instagram post about the likes of Matt Ryan, um, Charlie Wake, uh, who's the other fella? Ade on mm-hmm. Onuwu from the Japanese league. Yeah, and the, and boy the, the boy Aaron Moy. I mean, 
does any of them kind of excite you coming in? I mean, lots of pe- people are saying Moy, yes, because we've seen him in the Premier League, and by all accounts, he looked decent. But what about Matt Ryan, the likes of Ade Anoyu from the Japanese League? I know he scored a hat-trick for Japan there recently in his first start. So what do you think? I, I would get... I would get excited about, I say, I don't think excited is the right word, but I, I like the sound of the boy Matt Ryan, the goalkeeper. It's, he seems fairly solid. I know that kind of might kill any argument I've left for podcasts, but I just, I, I, I wouldn't mind that one happen. Personally, I don't know if it will, because I think he's went on record saying it, he would like to go back to Arsenal, which is a weird one, and I don't <laughs> think he'll actually get a game there. He's saying he wants to play regular, but he also wants to go go back to Arsenal. So I don't I don't know if that will happen. And also, way I know, obviously, Postecoglou was born in Greece, but I think he spent most of his life in that, if not in Australia. So he might, it might actually work for Barkas with him. He might give might give him a chance. But uh, I, I obviously I don't know much about this this Japanese boy. But when you you read up about him by all accounts. I look videos and stuff. You're not going to get many. You're not going to find many bad videos of the guys. But it <laughs> looks it looks up it looks a player on YouTube. That's Aye. all I can really say. I think I, I think by all accounts, Raphael Sheik looked the player. Whatever. It's hard to judge when obviously I've not got access to the Japanese league or whatever. Eh, watch it. So you just kind of you're looking at videos and these videos are generally put up with agents or guys associated with with these players. Hmm. I, I get what you're saying, and the touch upon Postecoglou, I think he made a great point in terms of he spent most of his working life in Australia and that could benefit Barkas, and I wasn't on the reaction video with you guys who done it due to family commitments at the time, but what was your feeling towards like the interview you gave, and obviously we've seen Dominic McKay as well, but do you get good vibes of Postecoglou, I think William determined as he's like a warm, cuddly gent. <laughs> he, he, like, he looks like he would <laughs> give a nice cuddle. To be yeah, William was like, everything's going to be okay. That's the sort of vibe get, he's getting off him. But, I mean, all well and good. We all thought John Kennedy spoke well, by all accounts, Postecoglou speaks well. But are you confident that maybe by the first, this second qualifier round, he might have a structure in place? Or, I mean, how are you feeling? Well, I, I mean, I'm warm into the guy. Obviously, it's, it's still a wee bit up in the air, but a lot of that could be down to ignorance. It's not the big name we were expecting. By all accounts, the guy we wanted, he's got a better, uh, as for winning, Postecoglou's got a better record than the guy we all wanted. So, uh, but my issue with Postecoglou is, is that I've, I keep reading things that he's a Bielsa type now. I'm all for a Bielsa type coming in at Celtic. But being at Celtic, you don't get two or three years to get that philosophy in. And my worry is, if he needs, which to, I don't think you get a Bielsa team in six months. No. And I think that and could it, be an issue for him. I mean, he, he has said previously that it sometimes takes six, six to 12 months even to bed in and yeah. stay, not even try and get it on the pitch, but even the training methods take that yeah. long that used to. Mm. And I've seen, I mean, I don't. this may trigger some people. I know we're going to do our Scotland Reaction podcast tomorrow, but that uh, Marshall, when he got chipped by your man Sheik, Shel- mm-hmm. Shelk, mm-hmm. Shelk or something mm-hmm. from a, a Czech Republic. I've seen his teams on YouTube clips concede them exact same goals because, <laughs> as you said, he's a Bielsa type manager and he likes that high press and where your everyday players in the, the opposing half. And I mean that that's that's a scary prospect to see 
Barkas being chipped from the halfway end, even if the confidence is as low as it is at the minute. <laughs> I know, but I, I think it's definitely like Scotland don't play the high press, if you like, whereas it's a wee bit different if you're actually playing that and Marshall is not a ball-playing goalkeeper. So if you've got the type of players in like your... Obviously, we've never got to have like your Allisons or Edisons or Manuel Norris, but there's a reason they get away with being so high up the park. So it's just yeah, that I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be too concerned if it's one of the ones that we're, we don't want Postacoglu coming in and uh, having to adapt to something. You want him to do is we want we want changing. So you've got to have we've got to have to just go it and hope for the best. Really, strap our seatbelts in and enjoy yeah. the rides. That's yeah. what we're going to have to do. And coming to it, I mean, we we're obviously close to the time when we're we're doing the podcast around about that match in in terms of score predictions and stuff and. Early, early gut feeling. I mean, just be honest. How are you feeling the tie's going to go in Celtic, in Celtic's way or Mitchellan's way? I said to you guys. I mean, one or two goals could be potentially deciding this fixture. I mean, it's going to be close. Yeah, I think it'll be tight because it's early on in both seasons. Because the Danish league, thankfully, kind of runs similar sort of time to us. It's like September to May, so at least you're not playing a team that's maybe five plus games into their, their season, which. Sometimes we're doing we're like almost pre-season if you like, and they're they're well in it. Some of the players have made ten games and that if they consider pre-season. So it's I think I'm I'm glad the first game is at home, just to make yeah. it give us a a foundation. Normally you like playing obviously away from home and just try not necessarily stay in the tie, but get a decent result where you can go and chase the second leg. But I'm happy it's at, at home the first leg. But the big thing it's we don't it's over a month away the fixture is it so it's, it's we don't know where we're going to be that's the problem right now we don't know where we are with players who's there and who's not going to be there so it's and how soon does Postacoglu manage to get his guys in because if he only gets them in by like a week or two it's that's one of them you're just you've got you've got you're back to the whole gambling on the qualifiers again that's yeah it's it's almost like they're they're in the period of downsizing as well they've made it quite obvious that that's what they're trying to do yeah and Another prospect as well because of the game. I mean, I seen the game last night in Budapest, Hungary. See, seeing his full stadium again, oh, it was absolutely fantastic. And yet again, yeah. going forward into the qualifying round, we'll be lucky to see five hundred Celtic fans there. I mean, I just I don't get it at all, and I don't want to get all political about it. But surely there has to be a gateway for fans to get back in this season. There, there has to be. In, I know, like to kind of touch on when the the league fixtures came out when we were playing at eight o'clock on a Saturday night. It just told me that fans aren't returning to a football game or the majority of fans aren't returning to a football game anytime soon when you're getting your 8 o'clock kick-offs on a Saturday night again. But yeah, I, d- I do, I d- like like say, I don't want to get too political, but what's, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer, I'm not, I get like all that carry on, um, but I don't see why if the majority of the population has at least had their first dose and we're going to get vaccinated, we can't just constantly be living with lockdowns and isolations yeah. with this virus if if the vaccine works then we've got to get back to normality yeah I mean you're 100% I mean I spent the most of the last night instead of watching the match I was watching the crowd in the Budapest and the Hungry oh, Games I mean it was just it was even like the, the restricted fans you're getting in the now they're, they're making plenty of noise and it's, it's good yeah. to see it's, it's a it's, it's a promising light hopefully well hopefully the SPFL takes some note of what they're saying at the European yeah. Championships yeah. and yeah. before we go here Francis I know we spoke about it a wee minute ago, but give me an early prediction, an early score, at least for the home tie. What what are you thinking? I'll be positive and go 
I'll go a 2-0. Be positive. Yeah, I'll, I'll go 2-0 as well. I'm not even going to ask you goal scorers predictions because again, <laughs> we could we could have the whole Australian national team as our front uh, four, our front four. We don't we don't know what's going to happen. Folk. A couple of Japanese folk. I mean, they might improve the squad. Who knows? Yeah. But obviously, until that fixture, we we compete in it. We don't know what the team's going to look like, yeah, so we yeah. can't really do our yeah. score predictions. But I mean, Francis, in terms of our reaction, that's us all finished. Have you enjoyed this one? Yeah, yeah, it was good. It's good. good yeah, it was good. And, yeah, and to all the listeners, I, I know this week's it's been a bit weird in terms of the end of sales podcast. We didn't have our usual Celtic podcast on Tuesday. As again, I explained on Twitter, most of my panel were hanging were <laughs> after after the Scotland game. And to replace it, we put out the, the Jack Aitchison um, interview. It's fantastic. For anyone who hasn't listened to it, go and give it a wee click. It's only 40, 45 minutes long, and you'll really enjoy it. There's some fascinating insight from Celtic's youngest ever goal scorer from Fault House. Most of the, the panel and then the sales is from Fault House. So big I shout to you guys. And again, tomorrow we'll be doing our Scotland podcast, our Euro edition number two, and that will be focusing on the game we just seen in terms of the loss against Czech Republic. I'll be on that show, but Anthony Dunn, our regular poet from the podcast, he'll be hosting it. Yeah. So good luck to him. And we'll be speaking again about the England game coming up. So to everyone who's listening, until next time we speak, stay well and keep safe. Heel, heel.